you're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I am a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. guys we have an absolutely I was gonna say ripper ripper episode today is that too bogan of me I'm not sure but I'm very 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 excited about this one guys I have the wonderful Emma Pallant Brown on the podcast just wait until you hear her bloody resume she is a three times world duathlon champion a world aquathon champion, a silver medalist in the Ironman world at 70.3, a 33, you heard that right, 33 times Ironman triathlon podium placer and an 18 times Ironman triathlon champion. That is insane. She is a absolute weapon of an athlete and she is an absolute legend. She comes on today and talks all about how one photo has led to a huge conversation about women's periods, especially in the elite sporting environment. You might notice as well within this episode, or especially at the start, my voice is very croaky. Now I did wake up at about 3.30 in the morning for this one. So if my voice is a little rough, that is why. But in the end, I think it does get a little bit better. I wake up a little bit more. I love doing this one. I hope you guys learn so much and enjoy it. Let's bring Emma in. All right. Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on today and having a chat with me. I am so excited for this episode. For those of you who have me on Instagram, you would have seen I am up bright and early for this one. I am absolutely stoked. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, yeah having me and <laughs> working to a crazy uh, time. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. I'm an early bird, so it's easy. It's easy. So firstly, tell me a bit about your story in general. You have won 18 half Ironmans. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think so. <laughs> Amazing. So how did you get to this point? How did you get into all of this? You're a duathlete and a triathlete as well. How did that all happen? <laughs> yeah. So um, it probably comes back to just when I was younger, like I was sport obsessed, like totally crazy to always, yeah, I just wanted to run around and had so much energy and um, my mum kind of thought, okay, let's throw her into every sports club and then she'll behave better at school. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I spent my childhood just doing sport and I loved it. And then um, it was actually my running club where my coach was like, it's, it's cool that you do everything, but if you want to be good at one thing, then yeah, you've got to kind of um, just stick to that and, and knuckle down to that. And I was probably about 13, 14, where I actually, yeah, decided that running was kind of the thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to be good at, and um, I focused then more on running. And yeah, ironically, now I'm doing three sports, but yeah. um, <laughs> that kind of came about because um, I had a bad knee injury, and so I was kind of cycling and swimming to keep fit. Then I did a triathlon at the end of that, just so that, yeah, it's kind of like my return back to running, and I absolutely loved it. It was just like a a new kind of challenge and I'd had so many years where I'd just been running 
And it was quite intense. Like you'd literally fly to a country, you'd go race that night at a track and then you'd fly home. Like they were quite quick in and out trips. And yeah, it was always the same kind of girls and the same track. And I just felt that variety and that extra challenge of the triathlon actually kind of drew me in. I, I got addicted to it. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I love that story too, that you were just one of those kids that had to, you know, do everything. And now you are kind of still doing multiple things. That's so fantastic. That's great. And so how far is a half Ironman? So a half Ironman is a 1.9k swim, um, a 90k bike and a half marathon run. Jeez, that is hectic. That is crazy. And so what, what's your PB on that? Uh, so I think I did a 358 wow. in Boulder. Oh my God. I feel like I do a 358 just for the, the run. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And so with all of this, do you get to travel a lot now? How do you go with all of that? Yeah, so um, I'm based in South Africa now. Yeah, I used to be based in London, which was super easy to like hop to the European races. And then I married a South African and he probably survived about three days of the London weather. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I think we should train in Johannesburg. And um, yeah, the the weather is good here and the altitude is kind of, yeah, it it helps with training. So I don't mind kind of taking the longer trips to, to go abroad. But I kind of plan my season. So say I'll, I'll fly to Europe, do a couple of races back to back, then fly home, do a training block, then fly somewhere else, do a couple of races, fly wow. back. Um, <laughs> better planning now. Yeah, that's insane. Did you always think I'm going to be an athlete? Was that something that you always kind of had in your head from a young age? So I think in my head, when when I was younger, um, like I wasn't really into, my brother was very kind of academic and I felt like, okay, he's a smart one of the family, like he can, he can do the good things. But my mum was a doctor and I like, I idolised my mum and I wanted to be just like her and I wanted to be a doctor. So she was like, okay, you've actually got to be like pretty good in your studies to do that. So that, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> that kind of, yeah, <laughs> made me think like I thought I'd be a sports doctor. And then turns out I, yeah, faint at the sight of blood. Uh, we learned that quite early on when I was oh used to watch movies. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so yeah, she suggested instead maybe I do sports physiotherapy. So that's what I got my degree in. Mm-hmm. And I probably worked about maybe a year as a physio when I was still a runner. But yeah, when I went into triathlon, it was kind of, it was that full-time job. And I think, again, that was something that as a runner, like I never could see myself just being a full-time like runner because you'd run maybe once in the morning, then you do your gym session in the evening and then have that like big space in the day. And I wasn't good at just sitting around and doing nothing like that. I needed to be, yeah, stimulated and do something. Whereas with triathlon, yeah, you don't really have many gaps in the day. <laughs> yeah, well, the training is, I mean, so different for everything. I just, I can't imagine how it, what does, what does your day look like? What does a training day look like for you? Yeah, so they vary quite a bit, but um, like a typical, like today, for example, we have swim squat at 6.30 in the morning and then I'll go out and I did my long uh, three-hour bike session in the day 
and then did my treadmill session uh, this evening. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty much then in between that, it's walking the dogs and putting on my recovery boots and emails and yeah, just trying to chill out in between sessions. Yeah, wow. Oh my God, you're the most active person I think I've ever met in my entire life. That's <laughs> insane. How great. I like that idea as well that you, you kind of said, you know, my brother was the the smart one of the family and he was the academic one. I think it's really interesting that we, we do that from such a young age where you kind of put yourself in a box like that. Did you find that once you figured out, hey, I'm actually really good at this sporting side of things and I'm really interested, did that kind of shift that mentality for you? Did you go, hey, I can be as academic as him? Or did it kind of just, you kind of fell into it? Or Yeah, I think it was one of those things where I kind of, when I put my mind on suddenly, like when my mum had suggested, okay, like, I don't think, and she put it really gently, like, <laughs> I don't think being a doctor is for you. Yeah. Um, but like, you could be a physio. And then I think, yeah, I just remember like being so interested in and then seeing like those physiotherapists run on to like rugby matches. And, and I think I just saw myself as doing that. I thought, yeah. And that's kind of within the sport, within everything I love. And it was kind of a very goal driven. I think it made me knuckle down when I knew kind of actually have to get good grades. And because there was a purpose and a reason behind it, then yeah, it, it made me do it. And, and the ironic thing is my brother, he then got the amazing grades and turned around and said, no, I want to be a professional ballet dancer. So he oh, also no kind way. of swung, <laughs> swung career. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, I think he out later as well. He, he came to it super late and, yeah. and you just, yeah, something you, you discover as you go along what you love. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So you're a, a professional triathlete, duathlete, athlete in general. Your brother's a professional ballet dancer. That is incredible. What a, what a cool family. <laughs> Yeah, very different. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so recently, and this is how I came across you as well, um, there was an image that you posted online, and I don't want to give too much away in my question, but could you, I guess this was met with a particular comment from someone who said um, something about it not being super flattering and maybe you should have cropped the image. Can you talk to me a little bit about what this was all about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I did a big race in Europe and... Yeah, it was just one of those races where actually the strongest women, or because sometimes because you have Ironman and you have half Ironman, often the field gets split. So your world championships, half the girls go to one, half the girls go to the other because they're at a similar time. Whereas this championship was early in the season. It was the first one held, the European PTO, and everyone seemed to be there. It was a big event and lots of media. And... Um, yeah, my, my period started um, the the morning of the race. I was like, oh, no, this is because one day of my period will always be super heavy. Yeah. And it just fell on that day. And um, we got the race pictures afterwards. And on two of those pictures, I could see like there's a little bit of a, a period stain on my suit. But yeah, I didn't really think anything of it. And two weeks later, PTO actually put up their own post wishing us good luck for another race. And they used one of the photos where you could see a little bit of um, the period stain. And like you said, someone had commented on it that perhaps the, the picture could have been cropped because it wasn't very flattering of me. And yeah, I kind of just thought that is everything that I, I don't really believe in. Like in terms of like, that was such a special picture for me. And 
because of the background of everything that happened and, and I'd lost my period for a while. And there were so many things that attributed to me being super proud of that picture. That was like one of the emotions. And then the other one was, what if young girls or other people see this comment and think that A, we're meant to be glamorizing what we do on Instagram and, and it's not reality. And these photos should be kind of all edited and beautiful and B, that a period should never be shown, like it should be a hidden subject. So I thought, okay, I'm just gonna reply to his comment and say, no, actually like, I'm happy for it to be up there. Like I'm really proud of it and and yeah, I'm on my period, but um, it's the reality of, of females in sport. And then from that, I got such a response and such a range as well, like a variety of people writing to me. And then I think the thing that really kind of hit home were the people that were saying like, good on you, like it's, it's great that you feel like that. But most women I know would be like mortified if that photo was up of them. And then I thought, okay, well, I haven't actually shared the photo myself and I kind of felt a responsibility to show that I'm not embarrassed and that actually no one should feel embarrassed because you control what you can control up to a point. But if there is a leak, like, so what? It's, it, it's what you do, it is real, and we should be role models that are real and that young girls can look up and say, I can do that, not, oh, this is a robot, she doesn't have a period, quickly like wipe that away and make her look beautiful. Like, yeah. so yeah, I po posted that photo and yeah, the response has been pretty incredible since then. That is absolutely amazing. And, and as I said, this was one of the first things that I saw that kind of drew my attention um, to you and, and all your achievements and everything as well. And I saw this particular photo and I just thought, geez, what a awesome and such a powerful response to that. And something that maybe some other people would look at and be like, oh, you know, who cares sort of thing. But I think for women and particularly for people who maybe have struggled with their period, whether that's not getting it or... Um, you know, getting it too much or whatever else, it can be one of those issues that we're like, you get to a point in womanhood, I think, and you are proud of it. And you are, you know, this, we accept it eventually, I guess, after puberty, where you're like, oh, geez, this is going to be with me probably for the rest of, you know, until I'm 50 or whatever. I just think, first of all, it's so insane that you even compete on your period, you know, because I think some people, I mean, who don't get them, maybe uh, wouldn't understand I, first of all, the annoyance, I guess, you know, waking up and being like, geez, did it have to come on this day? But then also it comes with a whole bunch of, of other stuff that happens to your body, which I do want to talk to you about a little bit later on as well. But I just love that no shame approach that you had to it, where it's just like, you know, maybe some other women do feel like they would be mortified, but I think that's because that's how we're taught to feel. It's how, from a very young age, you're taught to keep it private. You're taught to, you know, it is this taboo thing, this weird thing that we can't talk about. I remember being in high school and being so, I remember sitting in a toilet cubicle and opening my pad like so slowly and quietly because I didn't want anyone to know that I was on my period, which is just it happens every month if if you're regular and that's fine. It's not something that we need to be ashamed of. And I think that you are so right having role models and people that young women in particular can look up to and see that and go, you know what, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. And at the end of the day, if, if my period does leak because of whatever reason, that's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't have to be this shame, this embarrassment, this, oh my goodness, how could this happen to me? that's fine. We'll sort it out. We move on. It's, you know, I think that's 
awesome. And I'm so happy that this was your response to it. And, and that's how you felt as well. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. And I think just even having the open, honest conversation, because I feel like, as you say, if there is this hushed kind of silence, it's secret thing of like, then if there is a comment that is toxic, that gets through that, that that's the only thing a girl hears because, because one of the guys, like someone just wrote to me and said, ah, oh, like as a professional triathlete, you're obviously not training hard enough if you're having your period. And I thought, wow, if no. we're not talking about this, and yeah, and, and this is, this if no one else is talking about it and a little girl hears just one comment like this because she hasn't heard all the positive and the open good comments about it, like that's such a toxic thing to have. And I feel like if you can be open and honest and have all this great educational chat of people that you know and yeah, promote it as a healthy thing, then a stupid comment like that will never really get through to people and won't like, like, do you know That won't I mean? be the main message. Yeah. Yeah. That is ridiculous. What a, what a comment to make to someone. That is, it's so, so insensitive as well, I think, because like you said, I mean, I know you mentioned on that post and if you don't mind talking about it, let me know if this is, um, if you don't want to, absolutely. Um, but in terms of losing your period, was this because of overtraining? Yeah, definitely. And and as an endurance kind of female athlete, I went through that thing of growing up where suddenly you look around and you think, actually, like if I'm a little bit lighter, if I train a little bit harder, like then I will be the most dedicated athlete, then I deserve to win. And you're not thinking about at that age, training smart and the, the kind of long-term impact on your body. And I think it was one of those things because I was definitely under eating and over training and, and that's why I lost my period. But I think kind of it's taken this because now I'm competing, I'm, I'm probably three to four kilograms heavier now than when I was at that unhealthy, not having a period stage. Yeah. And I think I was always reluctant to talk about it because I didn't want it to, because that's when I was running my fastest. And then this year I've got back to, I'm actually running faster than I ever was at that weight. And then I feel like, okay, now I have something positive to talk about because I'm a healthy athlete. I get my period. I'm three kilograms heavier and I'm not injured and I'm running faster. Like yeah. to me, that's like, yeah, a positive kind of thing to, to, to talk about. And, and yeah, like you say, that's probably the turning point for me of actually being super proud about my body and getting it healthy and, and actually enjoying having a, having the period. I mean, like it comes <laughs> to this physical, yeah. but the fact that I have the period. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's fantastic. And so do you, would you say that that is that was kind of that pivotal moment for you going, you know what, this is this is something that I can now drop the shame around and drop that idea that I have to not have a period in order to be the best and to be the most dedicated. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of it was it took four years for my period to come back. So that was yeah, like wow. a really tough time and I had bone density issues and I had stress fractures and I think that when I finally got it back, I was happy to have it back. But that point where I actually started running faster with it, then I was like, like you say, it's that like clicking moment that you think, wow, this this is actually real. Yeah. And how empowering is it to get to a point, I guess, that you can, I don't want to say if accept it is the right term or word to use, but I guess accept that, you know, as annoying as they are sometimes, it is so fantastic to know that that is you know what's happening 
to keep you healthy. Because as you said, there's all these other things that maybe aren't as related in terms of like your bone density and stuff, but it is a pretty clear indicator that maybe something is not a hundred percent with your health. And so like you said, we need to view having a period as health. This is healthy. Yeah. Getting to that point of being able to be like, this is something that I can be proud of. And I guess pulling down that shame. I just, I love it. I think it's so great. I, um, yeah, I just, as soon as I saw that image and, and your response to it and, and look, anyone who hasn't seen that, obviously I will make sure that you and your socials and everything are all tagged in this episode. And I'll, I'll probably repost that as well, just so everyone can see your response to that too. Um, just phenomenal. I got goosebumps. I think I was like, yes, oh my God, I need to message this person. I need to talk to her. <laughs> um, so we touched on it a little bit. How do you find that your period affects your physical performance at such a high and intense level? Do you find that your times have varied over the years or anything like that? Do you find you maybe you feel a bit more sluggish? Is there any of those kind of noticeable signs and symptoms for you? Yeah, definitely. And and I think, again, this is something so great about open, honest chat is that then you have to figure less out on your own because the amount of people that have contacted me and saying, oh, I feel this and I do this and this is a little tip for if you feel like this, there's probably, I don't know, a million different symptoms and everyone's so individual and has their period affect them in different ways and, and different periods even affect you in different ways. But I think there's so much of it that we actually, a lot of us share and a lot of us, us have our own tips and our own things that can help. And um, for me, I think the biggest things um, are my my quads feel heavy. So I've learned, um, and this is through training. So I, I'll, I'll try not to, I try and still have a hard training day when my period's heavy so that I know, okay, this is how I'm going to feel if it comes to a race. Yeah. And so we learned that my, my quads get a bit heavy. So my bike power comes down a little bit. So I've learned that actually I have to pace the bike a bit better and then I can get them lighter and and feeling a bit looser when I'm up in an extension kind of running. My temperature also goes up a little bit. So um, I try and wear kind of cooler stuff. And I think that's related to my my heart rate also going up. I just, it runs a little bit higher on that, that heavy day. And I'd say I just have... The, probably the best way to describe it is I just feel a little bit foggier. Like if someone would be like reaction time, like I'd be like, oh, take a little bit longer to just, I don't know, I'm not as with it. And like, yeah, just from a, a mental thing. And yeah, I think again, doing my training days, kind of I learn little bits of, okay, I need to hydrate a bit better. I read a study recently from, I think it was Stacey Sims, who said, if you're getting a heavy period, sometimes come off just before you think your period's coming come off caffeine for a few days and that can help and so I'm like reading little bits of research and I trial things out in training and then yeah anything that kind of helps me feel better I know at least I've got those little nuggets to take into race day yeah and geez so great that as soon as you open up the conversation and start talking to other people that that's when you can get those tips and you can understand it and you can go, oh, you know what, this might not work for me, but this could be something. Even in terms of research and research that probably, you know, or definitely still needs to be done in terms of women and and being athletes and trying to figure that out on your period, 
because there are physiological differences and it is going to affect you. And I think that's not been taken into account as much as it probably should have in the past however many years that women have been competing in sports like this and and at the professional level. And I just, I feel that so much. I think the week before I get my period, I am training for a marathon at the moment. Jeez, it's hard in Melbourne when it's this cold. (laughs) I don't know why I chose to do it at this time of year. But I feel like the week before, my legs, I went for a run the other day and I felt like I was carrying concrete in my legs. And then I thought, oh my God, what's going on? Looked at my app. If anyone doesn't have an app to track their cycle, they should do that as well. (laughs) And it really, really helps you. And I realized, oh, that makes sense. That's why I feel that way because that's something I found consistently over the past few months that I've even been able to notice. And I'm not an elite athlete, but even, you know, even then it is something that understanding your cycle and being able to work with your cycle is so important. And especially, like you said, that mental stuff. Because there is so many things that it affects and you might not feel as switched on one day and maybe that's the reason. And we only know that if we're able to be educated and understand that. And I think, again, doing things like you've done and opening up the conversation and and really, you know, promoting that. Talk to your friends about it. Have a chat. See what they do. You know, whether that is in an elite environment or not. I think that's, yeah, super, super important. Yeah, I think it's massive. And and like you said, I think it's also exciting because I think it's an area where the research has probably scratched the surface and there's so much more that we are going to learn and that if we keep pursuing and, and people are passionate as, as as there are so many people because they've reached out to me about it, as, as it's almost like it's an exciting thing because as females, we can keep getting better and we can keep feeling more comfortable and, and there are things we can do and so something for me I tried a menstrual cup like a while ago and yeah I was like sure this does not work for me like I felt uncomfortable it was yeah not for me and then since I've I've did my post and so many women were recommending it and I had different brand recommendations and again tips on how to use them and how to make them feel more comfortable and that you actually have to stick with it and adjust it and do 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 and I was like, hey, like, I'm going to try it again. And, and and I've tried a cup that was recommended. And, and this lady gave me all these lovely tips. And I was like, wow, actually, this isn't so bad. And I think I could get used to this. And yeah. again, that's just education just from I, I was, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm blown away by, I don't know, just just how much we can learn just from one simple chat. And I think it is so, that is so wonderful because I think something that has been, you know, met with such shame for so long that now we're at a point where we can be talking about it so openly that it does create this community within people who get their periods and we can talk about it and we can have a chat and we can talk about how much it sucks and we can talk about how great it is because it means that we're feeling healthier. It means that we can, you know, potentially carry a child or whatever it is, you know, and, and we can connect over it. And I think, yeah, if for so, like I said, for so many years, you're, you're that person in the bathroom trying not to open your pad too loud. So no one knows where if we have the conversation, we can just, we can learn from each other and we can feel more empowered about it. And it doesn't have to be a big deal and it's okay. And it, you know, can be this thing that is just accepted as it is. And, and uh, you know what, I know people say it all the time, but it genuinely is the most natural thing in the world. Like it's 
without a doubt, one of the most natural things in the world. It is absolutely crazy to me that there is this idea that we do need to hide it. And um, I mean, I know, like you said at the start, there are probably some women who don't feel comfortable and that's absolutely fine as well. And that doesn't mean that there's, you know, necessarily you're doing anything wrong. That's okay. You're allowed to be private if that's what you choose. But I think it is really important that we are able to have an open conversation about it. And even as a teacher, I've really noticed that too. In high school, I don't think I would have ever said oh sorry miss I've got my period or blah 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 but the kids are quite open about it now where they're like look I'm really sorry I just I don't feel well today I've got cramps or can I go grab a tampon like I think my period just started or blah 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 and I'm like yep great like more power to you go for it whatever you need to do you know I can ask do you need anything are you okay you know do you need to go get a Panadol, whatever it is? And and we're able to kind of, even then, teach a student relationship, just have that support, I guess, and be like, it's all right, how are you feeling, blah, blah, blah. I just, yeah, I love it. I think it's so great. Yeah, and I think one of the actual moments, I think I even had a little cry because I was Yay. so taken back. I got I got a little message from um, a young boy at school and he decided, he'd read this post yeah. and he decided that he was going to do his project at school about barriers for women in sport. And he, he said, can I ask you a few questions? I was like, sure, like send him my email address. And bless this little kid, like he, yeah, he explained his story. He was brought up by a single mom and he, he really respects women and, and thinks it's a big thing to have them more comfortable and more of them do sports like the, the boys that he runs around in the playground with. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like what a little legend to actually, like you say, things are moving forward so amazingly. And yeah, this kid was not shy to to talk about kind of what I'd brought up. And yeah, I was like, Yo, if that was the only message I got, that was to me a hundred times worth it. Yeah, that is incredible. I love that. And you know what? It is just as important for people who don't get periods, men and boys, males, to learn about it and to understand it and to know about it as well because at the end of the day none of us would be here without it it has to happen for us to be here so I mean yeah I think that is so lovely how great and there you go he's probably educated you know his class maybe his teacher who knows where his messages spread as well and that's all come from from your post too which is just amazing it's amazing so talking about young people Something here in Australia that's happened over the last few years that is so exciting is, do you, have you ever watched AFL, Aussie Rules? Okay. (laughs) So obviously biggest sport here in Australia, right? Um, And there was never a women's league. And that's something that's become massive in the last few years. And it's so exciting. And I think this prospect of women being able, or young girls growing up, being able to play in general and also being able to do it as a career is so exciting and so fantastic and everyone is you know it's awesome not everyone should I say is excited about it but for the most part it is phenomenal to see that you know that's an option for people and I guess in any sport seeing the the women's world cup and stuff just go crazy now it's just fantastic do you have any tips for particularly maybe you know young young girls young women who are looking to compete or even just be involved in sport in general for when they're on their period? Do you have anything that you would kind of give them to to help them? Yeah, so I think, first of all, like the big takeaway for me from this is the menstrual cup. On my heavy days, like we have to get in a wetsuit half an hour before our race. It's a four-hour race. There, Yeah, there was no tampon that could kind of hold that. Yeah. 
And now looking into this menstrual cup and yeah, this, this is a bit of a game changer for me in terms of kind of that leakage. I think, again, being honest and open, if there's something that is making you feel uncomfortable, um, like I had a message from a girl who was, who was thinking she has to wear white in tennis. I was like, well, talk, talk to people. Sometimes people don't understand, like they, they don't know that there's something making you feel uncomfortable. If you want darker, if, if that's gonna make you feel more comfortable to compete on your period, to have darker clothes, bring it up. Like that is, that's a very valid kind of thing. And, and yeah, anything that's gonna make you just be able to focus on what you're doing and not have those outside stresses. And I think, yeah, talking to, especially in a team environment, if you're, if you're playing like, and in a team, like talk to each other, because if you're feeling a certain way when you're having a period, likely chances are there's another four girls who also have that symptom in the team and they might have a little trick or you might be able to experiment with something that could help you feel a little bit better and that's how kind of knowledge grows and and there's so much good research going on at the moment stacy sims i would say if you don't follow her have a look at what she's doing because yeah um i'm starting to learn loads from from that and like you say even having an app and tracking that there's so many new things kind of coming out and the more you can learn about it like knowledge is power and and you can yeah there's so many things that we all share and i feel like there's so much knowledge that is coming out now of how to deal with stuff so you have to be passionate about it to be have it as a topic that you're enjoying researching into because yeah there's lots of good kind of new stuff coming out and and you can always take a little nugget that will be individual to you. Yeah, I think that's super important to point out as well. You know, something that works for someone else might not work for you, but it's all about kind of trial and error because none of us, doesn't matter if you've, you know, experienced your period for 30 years already, none of us have an answer to what is absolutely going to work month to month sometimes. <laughs> like It's just, it's so wow. temperamental and stuff sometimes. And anyone, you know, who already has a period or is experienced a period will be able to tell you that. And I guess most importantly, if there is anything that is causing anyone who is listening, maybe particular pain or, you know, uncomfortability, or there's anything along those lines, please make sure you, you know, talk to a medical professional about that as well, because that's also not normal and, and you shouldn't be in pain or anything like that. I think pain on periods was something that was super normalized when I was growing up and it's only till I've become a bit older that, that people have said no it shouldn't feel like that that's not normal you probably need to go investigate that further and that's also okay I love that about the tennis skirt and you know whatever she was wearing and, and that being white in our uh, local league for footy they changed so we have home shorts and away shorts and the away shorts were always white and they've changed that now and they've just completely taken away the away shorts because all these girls were like, well, I get so nervous on my period that I'm going to be playing and I'm going to leak and then it's going to be on my shorts and then I'm thinking about that the whole time and you can't concentrate and whatever else. And again, at the end of the day, even if that happened, it's not the worst thing in the world. But of course, that's going to be playing on your mind or something that you're conscious of. So, yeah, they, they actually changed that Um down here which was which was really cool to see Stacey Sims you said as well I'll make sure that I uh yeah. I go follow her I'm not following her at the moment so that's cool I'll um I'll give her a, a cheeky follow cool yeah Dr Stacey Sims she's great and and I think 
yeah, I think it was her that said uh, women aren't smaller men and actually saying, okay, there's that massive gap in research that a lot of this is done on guys and let's actually start doing women's sports specific kind of research and, and, and learn more. And like you say, everything, you take little tips, um, but it's just like nutrition. One thing doesn't work for everyone. It's very individualized and you can see the research and then it's practically applying kind of, yeah, what works for you and testing things out. And, and then you get to know your body even more and it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting, I think. Yeah, so empowering to know and understand yourself in that way. So empowering. And of course, there's so many other options that people can have. Um, you know, I've covered lots of contraception on the podcast. So if anyone's thinking, oh, what about you know, contraception to help and blah, blah, blah. And as always, need to always say this, but make sure you seek help from, from a professional, a medical professional, because that's the most important thing. And sometimes, to be honest, even if you go see a doctor and stuff as well, you there's still stuff that you have to work out on your own. Because again, they don't have the answers just for you either. And I think that's really important to point out is if something doesn't work, that's okay. Just keep trying. It's the best thing in the world when you can get to a point where you do feel like you're really in tune with yourself and and you can you know understand yourself and then being really nice to yourself when when you're in that time of the month because bloody hell it is an inconvenience sometimes isn't it and it's like we can you know it is wonderful it's great it's fantastic but also sometimes it sucks and it's great to talk about that too and really connect over that too I think because ideally you probably wouldn't have your period on race day and ideally you're you wouldn't have your period when you're on your wedding day or whatever else, you know? And yeah, I think just talking about it and and being open about it and having more people like you who are willing to almost, you know, put your hand up and be like, here I am, I'm going to start this conversation and, and just get people talking about it and get kids messaging you who are saying now they're doing their school assignments on it. I think that message has just gone so far and wide. You know, I'm here in Australia, you're in South Africa. Well, I don't know where that kid's from. Like it's worldwide. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for doing that and and for coming on here and taking the time to to have a chat with me and and spending the the night slash morning with me and, and talking about it. I think this is going to be such a helpful episode. And I think, like you said, the more we talk about it, the easier it is to to break down that shame and that stigma and and just make it normal because it is a hundred percent yeah thank you so much and like you say we're human and also embrace that you're gonna have days where you don't feel good embrace it you're human and yeah just be honest about it and um it is what makes us human yeah awesome thank you so much cheers thank you so much bye hey team i hope you enjoyed this episode it would be a huge help for me and the health classes you missed if you could like follow or subscribe wherever you are listening and of course if you want to keep learning and stay up to date with me make sure you come and follow me at the health classes you missed on instagram or thcym and how's your head on TikTok? I've actually got two TikTok accounts now. So make sure you follow both of those to get all of that content. Thanks, guys. See you later.